Hi, hello. Welcome to the Dirty Rabbit Hole podcast. I'm Michael Foreman, author. Yes, hi again. It's Michael Foreman, author, calling to you all the way from the Dirty Rabbit Hole podcast. I'm an author of dark adult fiction, fiction that surrounds sexless marriages. My last novel, Seedings, are semi-autobiographical. Follow the links presented on this podcast or search for me, Michael Foreman Author. You'll be able to find those books on smashwords.com. But I don't want to talk about my books anymore. I'd like to talk to you more about rejection in your sexless marriage. Hearing the word no or seeing the actions to no and you haven't had it for some period of time, how do you deal with it? How do you deal with those rejections? To be quite honest, I'm not particularly skilled at this area. I'm probably pretty much like yourself. Rejection is something I don't deal with very well. And when it comes to intimate relations, uh, due to the way that I was brought up, I still don't know how to deal with a no. I much prefer to hear yeses or maybes or let's talk about it later, but I definitely don't like a no and I don't like actions to no because I'm an intimate person. But uh, if you've been following this podcast for any length of time, you may recall some of the discussions that, uh, that have happened in and outside the counselling room with my former wife. Some of those things that never came up in the counselling sessions was very difficult to navigate after everything had finished and I began writing a book. My earliest memories of sex, learning sex or sexual education came from my mother. My father was in the Navy and he spent a lot of time away and in those early years. Most of my upbringing was done by my mum and she didn't have a lot to say about sex. However, she always said one thing, always are responsible for sex happening in the relationship and no means no. So if the girl says no, it's a definite no. Don't go there, don't keep pushing. Now I must have been about seven years old when I heard these first few words. She bought me a How Babies Are Made book. We talked about it. Later on, she sent me off to sexual education at school, and there were films, there were some specialist therapists who talked to the kids about um, what happens during sex, and mainly all reproductive things, not, not much about the intimacy side of things. Males have penises, girls have vaginas, there are ovaries and testes and sperm and ovum, and the whole thing kind of revolved around reproductiveness. But it didn't talk about the encounters that you have with members of the opposite sex, or even, in fact, members of the same sex, if that's the way you go. How do you approach sex and how do you negotiate it? How do you say no? How do you say yes? That was never covered. And I don't think it's covered too much in schools today. I know they talk about inappropriate touching. And if you feel uncomfortable, it's time to say no and step away. But I'm not sure where else it goes with it. I really don't know. Maybe you have some answers and can contact me through the podcast. Follow the links and email me and perhaps we'll discuss it on a later podcast. But mother always said no means no. She never said yes means yes or maybe means no or yes. It was always no means no. Then I stood by it and I never went there and I never pushed through. It's not hard to understand that when I finally found a woman who was nice, kind, sweet, empathetic, that when she was talking about sex, or when we were talking about sex, because the subject eventually came up, of course, she told me she was Catholic and she wanted to abide by the rules of Catholic doctrine and not have sex until she got married. It was very interesting for me because I hadn't dealt with that before, but that was a no. And no means no. It's quite literal and final. 
Now, we approached the subject several times over the course of our dating years, and it went the same way every single time. My hormones were running. I assumed her hormones were running. And just as we were moving towards that direction, she would put the brakes on and say, no, I can't do that. I can't go there. And in my brain, no means no. The dating years weren't easy. There were a couple of times where we went our own separate ways. Inevitably, there was something more for both of us that drew us back to each other. And it wasn't sexual. Obviously, it wasn't sexual. And we got back together and started talking about our plans to get married. Seven years later, we got married. And the issues that happened before the wedding date were pretty much the same as what happened after it. Because we'd exercised such a strong celibate routine, it kind of permeated into the marriage. And it made me think that when my mother and my father married, or when they started dating rather, that perhaps she too said no, and dad pushed a little too hard. I don't know. My mum was an introvert. She liked to stay at home. And on the night when my father and mother met, she was dragged out by her sister to go to a dance with a whole bunch of sailors. It all seemed to happen very fast. Now, I can't ask my mother, did he push her? Well, I could. Maybe I should. It's not something that I want to talk to my mother about, though because perhaps I don't like the answer. Perhaps I'm a little uncomfortable in talking to sexual matters to my mother. Whatever the reason, when it came to my wife, I kept thinking about what happened to my mother. Maybe what happened to my mother. Did she get pushed too hard? And that's why she told me no meant no. So I took it to the extreme. No was no in my marriage. We went through a celibate time up to the marriage and had no sex during the marriage. Forget about sexlessness. This is exactly what we were doing before we got married. And there were always reasons, always excuses. We got busy, we got tired, we went out to see friends, we would go out on trips, we'd become members of groups, and it just didn't seem to be enough time to get around to talking about sex, doing sex. The other thing is my now ex-wife didn't like conflict, so if we got involved with sexual discussions, there'd always be this overtone of conflict. We couldn't approach it in any, any angle. You couldn't do it from a soft side, you couldn't do it from a moderate side, we couldn't do it in the counselling sessions. It just was very difficult. So I heard another no meant no moment, which is, no, I don't want to talk about this. So it's not just, no, I don't want to do this, it's no, I don't want to talk about this. And I ended up having to keep pretty much all words, all emotions, all sexual drives to myself, and that was very difficult. Like I said, I ended up writing a book. It's semi-autobiographical. I couldn't make it completely autobiographical because, firstly, a story like that is not particularly interesting until you add in a few extra situations and characters and events that make it all intriguing. That's where I went with the book. But that's how it was in my marriage. I didn't know how to deal with conflict. I didn't know how to deal with rejection. No meant no. What was lacking in my life was probably my mother's opposing side. In my father. And because we don't sit down and talk to each other before we have sexual encounters, or at least I, I don't, you know, you don't sit down like with a contract and say, look, let's engage in sex. Will you sign a contract? Or can you give me a verbal, yes, let's have sex? Firstly, it all doesn't sound terribly romantic. Remember when we got together the first time, as lovers, you kind of felt your way. There'd be little whispers between kisses that kind of gave you the signals. But nobody wrote down and nobody categorically stated the word yes. Yes, you can hear no's, but no, you don't often hear yeses. They're implied, mostly implied. At least that's my experience. Maybe you have a different experience. Why don't you contact me? 
through the links associated with this podcast or come and have a look for me at michaelformanwriting.com. Do you and your partner sit down and negotiate yeses? Would you ever do that in the future? If you've got a long-term sexless marriage, you probably would because anything would be better than nothing, right? My now ex-wife did talk about it once or twice trying to set up times, dates, maybe on a Sunday. Sunday morning seemed to be the the most opportune time to get involved in sex. And our counsellor said that would be a great idea. It had happened for one week, maybe two, and then we were back off again. Okay, so our marriage wasn't entirely sexless. We managed to squeeze out one or two here and there through the course of 10 years. I still call it sexless. We were married for 10 years and never had children. And it wasn't because we were infertile. In the last year, before we went our separate ways, We talked about having children. We were supposed to work on having children, but she just couldn't bring herself to go to the bedroom. She couldn't give me a yes. We'd been so well programmed to work with no's, and in my head, no meant no, meant that it was always no first, no second, and no last. Consequently, it never happened, and we went our own separate ways many years ago. But as I said, I wrote a book. It's based around a real story, but I catalogue it as fiction. It's a psychological thriller because I feel that the emotional side of us when it comes to sex is a tumultuous time and it all happens internally. You never see this war of emotions happening on the outside. You often don't show the cracks. You show the fine life that you two are having as a couple. At least that's what I was doing. Is that what you do in your relationship? Do you put on a facade? Do you dress it up and make it look like we're all happy families here? Even if you have children, let's say you have three children, that tells everyone that you've had sex at least three times. But you may not be having sex now and you may have not have had it for many years. Does your family know that you don't have sex? How do you even deal with that? Do you go to his family? Do you go to your own family? Do you go to a counsellor? I did do the counselling thing, but eventually I burst and I told my wife I am sick and tired of this. There is no excuse for it. I was patient. I was kind. It was just, it was inevitable. And if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time or read the book, you'll probably agree 1000%. Now, if you'd like to become part of this podcast, if you have a sexless marriage of your own, drop me a line through the links that are associated with the podcast. You can find me through my blog site, michaelformanwriting.com, and we'll talk about it. We don't have to use your name, don't even have to use your location. If you want to make it an audio file, it's incorporating your own words, and I'll post it with inside one of the podcast episodes, or perhaps you'd like to do a one-on-one podcast, and we talk to each other through the internet. I'll record it, edit it, and post the results here on the Dirty Rabbit Hole podcast. I know there are a lot of people out there hurting and just want to get something off their chest and they don't know where to turn. I'm not a therapist. I'm a sufferer like you. I can give you my opinions and perhaps you can share me your opinions on my situation. We'll nut it out and let some other people listen in on what's been going on. There's not enough of this being talked about online because it's a very difficult area. We don't want to put our spouses in the shit. We don't want to put ourselves in the shit. This is an opportunity for you to air your grievances on the podcast. Well, that's about it for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. It is growing, 
there are somewhere in the order of around 2,000 listeners now. Most of the listeners are between 35 and 65. There is a small enclave sitting around the 18 to 22 mark. Um, I'm not really sure whether these are people in sexless marriages or whether they're folks that are looking for <laughs> looking for hookups and uh, seeing if there's any opportunities. I don't know. But um, the majority of listeners are between 35 and 65. I would say these are people who um, have been in a marriage for more than 10 years. Maybe they've got grown-up children or they're about to have grown-up children and are looking at their sexual lives again and wondering what's going to be their future. That's it for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I try to be as honest and compassionate as possible. I'm not sure whether I achieve that in each of these podcasts, but I hope that you have felt safe in listening to the material. Anyway, this is Michael Foreman signing off. I hope you have a really good day or night wherever you are in this world. Just remember, it can always rain on your parade. See you later. Mm -hmm.